Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today is Thursday, September 5th, 2019. On this day in 1930, 38-year-old Carl Panzram was executed for murdering Leavenworth prison foreman Robert Warnke. But according to Panzram, Warnke was only one of more than 20 victims he murdered over a lifetime of crime, one that began when he was only 11 years old. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. Today, we're going back to the September 5th, 1930 execution of Carl Panzram. He committed literally hundreds of crimes, ranging from arson and burglary to rape and murder. But on the day he was executed, Panzram was only being punished for one of these heinous crimes, the murder of his laundry foreman at Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary in Kansas. This episode features discussions of murder, sexual assault, and violence that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for listeners under the age of 13. On September 5, 1930, a squad of prison guards opened Panzram's cell at 5.55 a.m. They were there to take him to the gallows, to end the life of a man who described himself as rage personified. The guards approached Carl Panzram with caution. He was physically imposing, with bulging muscles forged from a lifetime of hard labor. But that's not what made him so intimidating. It was his cold, emotionless eyes, the deadened stare of a violent, unrepentant killer. One who had confessed to murdering 21 people and raping over 1,000 more, including children. 
Panzram struggled against the guards the whole way to the gallows, but it wasn't because he was afraid to die. He just loved the confrontation. Nobody from Panzram's life came to witness his execution. No friends, no lovers, no family who still stood by his side. As the noose was placed around Panzram's neck, he spit in his executioner's face. Even as he faced his impending death, Panzram was completely unrepentant. He allegedly exclaimed, I wish all mankind had one neck so I could choke it. Even with this shocking proclamation, the executioner still had to offer Panzram the chance to say his last words. The prisoner looked him in the eyes and shouted, Yes, hurry it up. I could kill ten men while you're fooling around. At 6.18 a.m., a doctor officially declared Karl Panzram dead. He was buried in the prison cemetery, row number six, grave number 24, prisoner number 31614. Nobody mourned Karl Panzram's death on September 5, 1930, but 40 years later, when a former prison guard published Panzram's secret memoirs, people became very interested in his life. Karl Panzram was never what you'd call a normal child. Born on June 28, 1892, on a farm in rural Minnesota, he never took to agricultural life the way his six siblings did. But after his father abandoned their family, seven-year-old Panzram had no choice but to help keep the farm afloat. Every day from sunup to sundown, Panzram toiled on the family farm. There was no time for school, no time for playing with other children. If he complained in the slightest, his older brothers viciously beat him. Without a healthy outlet to cope with his pain, Panzram acted out. When he was 11 years old, he broke into a neighbor's house and stole apples, cakes, and a revolver. It's not clear if Panzram intended to use the stolen gun, but before he even got a chance, his brothers found out what he had done. They turned him in to the police. 11-year-old Panzram was sent to the Minnesota State Training School, whose purpose was to reform so-called incorrigible youngsters like him. But reform was the last thing on the staff's mind. Panzram was regularly beaten, tortured, and raped for even the most minor infraction. The more he was abused, the more hateful he became. Panzram was released from the school around age 14 and returned to the family farm. He left after less than a year. He'd had enough of his hardscrabble life. Before his 15th birthday, Panzram hit the rails and snuck on the first train out of Minnesota. However, he wasn't alone. As he scrambled into the unguarded lumber car, Panzram came face to face with four other men who had already claimed it as their own. He was surprised at their hospitality. 
they invited him to join them. They promised they'd help him find warmer clothes, show him the ropes, so to speak. Panzram couldn't help but smile. This was the first time anyone had shown him any kindness in years. But their guidance wasn't free. The men told Panzram that in exchange for their help, he'd have to give them something in return. After years of enduring sexual abuse at the hands of his minders at the reform school, Panzram knew all too well what that meant. Panzram looked behind him at the open door, but the train had picked up too much speed for him to jump. There was nowhere for him to run. He was at their mercy. In his memoir, Panzram said that night was when he lost any remaining traces of kindness and compassion for others. He resolved that he would never let anyone take advantage of him ever again. Instead, it was time for him to create some chaos of his own. Coming up, Karl Panzram embarks on a path of death and destruction. And now, back to the story. Around 1906, 14-year-old Karl Panzram was sexually assaulted by a group of four men in an empty train car. According to Panzram, the incident robbed him of any remaining empathy he had. Over the next two decades, he embarked on an unprecedented crime spree. Using various aliases, Panzram stole burned, raped, and killed. And while he was never caught for murder, his other crimes frequently landed him in jail. However, Panzram was also a skilled escape artist. He seemed to break out of a cell as easily as he found himself put into one. But every time he got away, there was never any consideration for using his newfound freedom to turn over a new leaf. It was just the opportunity to continue sowing chaos. From the Pacific Northwest to South America to Africa, Panzram left a swath of death and destruction everywhere he went. There were the sailors he lured onto a yacht before raping and murdering them, the boy in Angola to which he did the same, the countless burglaries, including the Connecticut home of President William Taft. Eventually, Panzram wasn't able to outrun his atrocities. In 1928, he was arrested in Washington, D.C. for what was a fairly innocuous robbery. He freely admitted to his crime and also confessed to murdering two young boys without even being prompted. While the authorities debated what to do with this notorious criminal, something surprising happened to the 36-year-old Panzram he made a friend. As he awaited sentencing, Panzram struck up conversations with his prison guard, a 26-year-old former hospital attendant named Henry Lesser. Although Panzram's terrible crimes and unrepentant nature horrified the young guard, he still didn't agree with the torture the other guards subjected him to. One day, Lesser offered Panzram some pocket money so he could buy cigarettes from the prison commissary. This small gesture of kindness moved the normally emotionless Panzram to tears. 
Expressing his gratitude in the only way he could, Panzram told Lesser, You are one of the few people I do not wish to harm. At Lesser's encouragement, Panzram began to write his memoirs, which essentially boiled down to a list of the extensive crimes he had committed. But this unlikely friendship was cut short when Panzram was sentenced to 25 years in Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary in Kansas. Separated from his newfound friend, Panzram withdrew back into his hard, angry shell. Upon arriving at Leavenworth, he tried to establish that he was not to be trifled with. Panzram told the warden, I'll kill the first man that bothers me. That man was the laundry foreman, Robert Warnke. It's not clear what Warnke did to get on Panzram's bad side, but it probably wasn't much. Maybe he told Panzram to do something he didn't want to do. Maybe he said something to make him angry. Maybe he just looked at him funny. Whatever the reason, on June 20th, 1929, Panzram beat Warnke to death with an iron bar. For almost a year, he was placed in solitary confinement while he awaited trial. But the case was open and shut, and Panzram knew it. He refused a state-appointed attorney, but didn't plead guilty. He was challenging the judge to deliver the verdict himself. The judge gave Panzram what he wanted. He was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. Anti-death penalty organizations, such as the Society for the Abolishment of Capital Punishment, offered to help Panzram plead his case, but he refused their offer. He wanted to die, so much so that he even wrote a letter to President Hoover urging him not to intervene in the case. On the morning of September 5th, 1930, 38-year-old Carl Panzram got his wish. Carl Panzram was truly one of the most violent and twisted criminals to ever walk the earth, but some experts believe that his list of crimes wasn't as extensive as he claimed. While he was alive, the police labeled him as a chiseler, someone who said they committed horrific acts so they'd be left alone while incarcerated. And it's true that not all of his claims could be corroborated. But this fact is almost inconsequential when discussing his legacy. Even if he didn't rape and murder as many people as he said he did, Carl Panzram was still an incredibly violent man. What makes his story stand out in true crime history is the question of nature versus nurture. Was Carl Panzram always destined to commit these terrible deeds, or did circumstance forge him into the merciless person that he became? While this question is still a matter of debate amongst criminal psychologists, it certainly seems like Panzram's environment had a hand in shaping him into a cold-blooded killer. And in a cruel twist, that environment was the American justice system. Although today's inmates don't face quite the same level of abuse that Panzram endured, the issue of punishment versus rehabilitation continues to be a hot topic of debate today. And although Panzram's atrocities can never be taken back, 
perhaps it's not too late to stop another Carl Panzram from being created. For more information on Carl Panzram, check out the episodes of the ParCast original Serial Killers that dive deeper into his story. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime is written by Alex Benadon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 